we just got to make it through this week. Woo! We got it. We can do this. Thing <laughs> to can look forward to. Light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming teen cinema and rom-coms. I am your co-host, Martha Sullivan, library manager and future homeowner, and I am here, Woo! as always, with my co-host. I'm Marin Hagman, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. Uh, and we are here today to talk about the 2006 m- movie <laughs> Unaccompanied Minors. Which is not a Netflix original, but did is currently streaming on Netflix. Uh, this was written by Jacob Mazaros and Maya Stark and directed by Paul Feig, uh, which part of why I picked it. Um, and it stars Louis Black as Oliver Porter, Wilmer Valderrama as Zach Van Bork, uh, Tyler James Williams as Charlie Goldfinch, Dylan Christopher as Spencer Davenport, Brett Kelly as Timothy Beef Wellington, Gia Montina as Grace Conrad, Quinn Shepard as Donna Maloney, Paget Brewster as Valerie Davenport, Rob Corddry as Sam Davenport, Dominique Saldana as Catherine Davenport, Jessica Walter as Cindy, <laughs> Rob Riggle as the head guard Hoffman, and uh, David Coach Kochner as Ernie, BJ Novak as the desk attendant, Mindy Kaling as the restaurant hostess, and just a whole lot of other people. Guys, the cast on this movie is kind of bananas. But Marin, why don't you give us a brief <laughs> synopsis of the 2006 family comedy Unaccompanied Minors? So, <laughs> Unaccompanied Minors is about Spencer and his sister Catherine. Um, who have to go from their home with their mom in California uh, to their dad's home in Pennsylvania on Christmas Eve um, while they have a layover at uh, Hoover International Airport. Uh, they All the flights are grounded, and so they are sent to the unaccompanied minors room. Um, hijinks ensue. They... Uh, Spencer sneaks out of the unaccompanied minors room with some other older kids. They get caught. Um, and by the time they are brought back, all the other kids have been sent to a hotel. Um, they, uh, the, the grouchy head of passenger relations played by Lewis Black, Oliver Porter, uh, wants to keep the teens in the unaccompanied minors room overnight. The teens, uh, stage a kind of prison break, get out of there, um, to try to deliver a small gift to Spencer's sister, uh, to prove to her that Santa is real. Um, meanwhile, uh, their dad is trying to drive from Pennsylvania to this airport, which is, I think, a thinly veiled version of O'Hare. Um, and has car troubles because his car is a biofuel car. Anyway, uh, while that is also going on, uh, the, the four teens who, who have been, you know, who are staying in the unaccompanied binder room bond, um, they break out again, um, I don't know what else even happened. They, uh, find all, eventually they find all the Christmas decor, um, set up all the airport to be Christmassy, um, 
and convince the the surly Mr. Porter that he should get into the Christmas spirit. Um, turns out his wife left him on Christmas, which is why he's so grouchy about it. Um, everyone celebrates Christmas. Spencer's dad shows up and the four teens are bonded forever. I don't know. Did I miss anything? There are a couple of highly improbable escape sequences. Um, there were a lot of moments in this movie where I was just like, absolutely not. (laughs) There is a whole sequence in a luggage sorting warehouse where one of the children is hiding in a suitcase in order to not get found by the, the police or the, um, the security team. Uh, and the bag gets tossed into the sorter and he gets rolled all around and thumped and bumped about and dropped from heights and stuff. And I was like, the child is dead. Yep. Or the child is in the hospital. (laughs) Like that child has suffered head trauma. Yeah. Yeah. There was almost an Ethan fro moment where they were like, riding a canoe down an icy hill and like almost hit several trees yeah there were many hijinks overall impressions first of all i i picked this movie because i thought the kids were older Mm -hmm. i did not i did not understand that this was as much of a like home alone send up because mm-hmm. it really like home alone is the vibe that it oh, is borrowing from um so i spent the whole movie wishing that like the oldest kids were like 15 or 16 instead of i think they were like 13 14. i think there was yeah. reference to them being like high school freshmen because so. i think i think this movie could have used a little bit of an edgier kind of humor to it it was so deeply couched in like, these wacky hijinks and shenanigans. And and I also just want to kind of disclaimer all of this with, I understand that I am not the target audience for this. Mm. Like, this is not, this is not a movie for me. And I get that. Um, but also, I think that you can have a movie for kids that is a little bit maybe smarter about the hijinks that it throws its children into. I also, I think them being younger also meant that I, and I don't know if this is just me getting older, my sympathies were very much with the adults in this movie at pretty much all times. (laughs) Um, I was actually, I was going to say almost exactly the opposite. Oh, because for me, like the way that Lewis Black's customer support manager or whatever his position is, the way he treats these children like criminals is horrifying to me. I'm like, even if they're being a pain in your butt, they are children and you have accepted some level of responsibility for them while they are unattended in your airport. I was, I was truly like, I, I can't believe that you are not about to get so thoroughly sued by these children's parents. See, I think the problem was that he resorted to those measures because he would have been sued if they had been hurt during all their escape antics. 
But a lot of that was kind of a, a cycle. Like, they reacted badly to him because he treated them badly. Mm, they started it. They broke out first. My sympathies okay. were not really with them. Like, he but was trying to secure their safety. And they, I mean, I'm not going to defend his, like, especially, like, when he puts them in cells at the end. No, he shouldn't have done that. But... I I understand where he's coming from in terms of I have to know where you guys are. You guys keep leaving. Um but he never once kind of approaches it like that. He is always like, "Ha ha ha, now I've got you" because it's a Dennis the Menace situation. Like his his attitude as kind of the villain is I think dictated by the kind of movie that this is. But also that means that I'm just sitting here going you don't really have an excuse for not taking these extra children to the other place where all of the rest of the children are. Instead, you're going to lock them in a, like in a concrete cell and threaten to bump them off of their next flights home because you got annoyed and inconvenienced by the shenanigans of 13 year olds who are naturally predisposed to shenanigans. I, again, not, I'm not going to defend his attitude about it, but I am, as as an adult who has been responsible for children, <laughs> I understand his, like, while he did not go about it in the right way, I understood his need to secure their location. Um, and Hi. What's that? So did I. I mean, I, I understood, I understood his feelings. I was mad about his reactions. Mm. See, and I, again, maybe this is me getting old, but I think these children did some pretty unsafe things. And if they, I could understand why he was upset. Um, again, I absolutely can too. I am a person, a big part of my job is dealing with teenagers who do stupid stuff um, and having to enforce the boundaries and the rules of our building while also like understanding the fact that they are teenagers. Like you can't, you cannot approach setting boundaries with teens and children the same way that you do with adults because their brains don't work the same way. So finding a way to enforce that you need them to behave a certain way without just causing them to write you off completely and turn you into an enemy to them in their brain is a skill and it, it's something that takes a lot of practice and it is a skill that I've worked very hard to cultivate and it is a skill that is not on display in this movie because it's not funny <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah I mean um, yeah I just I was honestly I was pretty unsympathetic to these teens from the get-go of well first of all we see one of them literally assault a Santa and it is completely, like, not addressed. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, she doesn't want to be touched. And then her mom is like, sit on the Santa. And I don't that's know. That's not I, the Santa's fault. Like, I, I was, like, it, that was the mom's fault. And this poor guy just got, like, she, like, literally punched him for no reason. I mean, that was... I, so of course. My, so my sympathies were pretty <laughs> not swayed by these children to begin with. Um 
But again, but I think you're right in terms of like it it is played this way because it is this specific brand of comedy. Like I don't and I think unfortunately it lives in this middle ground of it wasn't funny enough to like it was so comically extreme that it wasn't funny. And so I again I had a very hard time rooting for these children because their hijinks weren't believable. And like especially in the case of Donna, I did not find her very sympathetic. Um and I think too that like yeah, because it kind of was trying to hit that like Dennis the Menace type like comic comically evil adult in Lewis Black's character, like it just it just became a big eye roll. I don't disagree. I think that I had more sympathy for the kids than you did. Yep. <laughs> um, but also, I didn't really... It's not that I liked them. I just could better understand, like, okay, these are kids. They're traveling alone. They have, like, not a lot of boundaries, not a lot of guidelines. They're being shoved into this room that's disgusting and like full of other screaming children that they don't know um if i'm those kids i'm a little i'm gonna be a little bit like well why should i listen to anybody like this sucks and i don't have i i don't have the wisdom to be able to articulate why it sucks but i'm a self-centered teenager so that's how i'm gonna act right now um, even if it was not behavior that I could like sympathize with, I at least understood where it was coming from. And then f on top of that, for them to be treated just across the board by every single adult they encounter, except for Wilmer Valdemar's character as just like, there's, there's no room for any kind of like, well, you messed up, but there's no room for any kind of sympathy in the way that any of these adults treat these kids and i i thought that was i got bummed about that oh see i think like for example again this is where my sympathies for them get pretty low like spencer like we see and what's i find it hilarious that this movie has a small cameo from mindy kaling and bj novak mm -hmm. and he orders everything off the menu and then stiffs mindy kaling for the bill <laughs> Um, so no wonder she's annoyed at him. <laughs> like, For sure. I and don't like, blame he gets her. Up, he gets up from that restaurant and immediately stops thinking about what he just did because in his brain it's done. <laughs> yeah, no. So it was things like that that also, like, yes, I, I would have... It would have been better for everyone if there were, you know, I I think this was definitely a case of, like, this is a terrible situation, and, like, no one's handling it well. Um. Um, but I, I do think that you and I both personally were hindered in our enjoyment of the movies by the fact, of the movie by the fact that at the end of the day, we really needed to like these kids, yep. and I just did not enjoy them. I didn't I... either. <laughs> the one, I kind of enjoyed Charlie a little bit. Uh, no. A little. He annoyed me. He annoyed me very, very deeply. He annoyed me the <laughs> least of the four. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah. 
I, uh, they did not garner my sympathy, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. Like, I can understand, and I, I can understand, like, why the script needed them to do what they did. I think, again, to, like, hit those wacky hijinks. But I just didn't care. And I did not pick up on, apparently we were supposed to, like, see them, like, bond as a kind of family. Didn't pick up on that. Um... Like, yeah. And we see it, we see it happen. It's just, again, another question of, like, how effective was this? Because the whole, I mean, the whole sequence of events is them, like, coming together and bonding as a, like, bonding through what they go through at the airport. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess what I'm trying to say is not that it wasn't there. I just didn't feel it. Like, it didn't. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is happening. Like, it did not connect. That's the word I'm looking for. It didn't connect with me. How did we feel about the storyline with Spencer's little sister? Because she she gets separated from him pretty early on, which I was really upset about. (laughs) All I could think about for a lot of this movie was this poor small child, like, not only is she traveling alone, but her brother effed off without her. I was more yes! mad about that than I was about him just like escaping at all. I was like, you just left your sister yes! in this chaos room. Maybe that's part of why my sympathies were so ungarnered is because and why I did not feel bad that he like, yeah, I think that was part of why I was so mad at him, too, was I was like, I'm sorry. You just, you're mad that you don't get to be reunited with your sister, which is the consequence of you leaving her. Leaving her. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, she was, she was by far the most sympathetic character in this film. Um, and yeah, then she ends up in this, like, travel lodge that's attached to the hotel. Um, the, I was a little unclear about what the sort of arrangements there were she seems to be kind of adopted by a group of flight attendants one of whom has a kid with her my impression was that they kind of divvied up all the kids except for our main four characters between the the airline staff okay Um, yeah that was kind of my impression was that you know they all the kids that we saw at the beginning in the unaccompanied minors room kind of got doled out and people were assigned okay that makes more sense because i was just like i don't (laughs) because yeah she ends up in a room with this other girl who is an utter nightmare um i did enjoy the part at the end when um is it Gina? Who's the hot girl? Uh, Grace? Grace. When she just screams at this girl who's been making Catherine's life a nightmare all night. <laughs> um, yeah, she just screams in her face. And I was like, I respect that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Everything that happened with Catherine and that other horrible girl, I was just like, I'm deeply uncomfortable by yeah. all of this. Like, it wasn't funny. It wasn't 
Yeah, I was it wasn't just... really anything. It was just like this this poor little girl is having the worst Christmas Eve of her entire natural life. And that sucks very, very bad. Which, like, it is a feat of the movie that then I did not care very much that her faith in Santa got restored after all their hijinks, like, briefly allows Spencer to deliver a gift to her. I, like, it care is- about her. I didn't care about her faith in Santa. I appreciated that she at least got a present that she liked and, you know... I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, like, it, it, it is a testament to how little I cared about the other kids that, like, I, their goal, I, I felt for Catherine the most, but at the end of the day, I, like, it, I did not get the, like, woohoo, yeah, feeling when she got that doll. I felt, I was like, oh, good, she got something nice. But, like, even that <laughs> failed to connect. I thought the the end sequence I thought was kind of cute. Oh, I would have murdered those teenagers for waking me up at seven in the morning. I was so mad on behalf of all not, the other passengers. I was like, this would I, be very cute at 9.30. Like, how also, dare you wake up these poor people who have managed to fall asleep at 7 a.m.? I was a little bummed that the movie couldn't see a way to decorating the whole airport. Mm-hmm. I thought their I thought their one little display was a little bit kind of sad. It was a little bit like go big or go home, maybe. But also, again, they are children and they are doing the best they can with limited time and limited resources. But yeah, I really thought that they were going to wake everybody up and it was going to be like the whole airport right. was decked out. Yeah, and I did like that that storyline went there. I mean, I did appreciate, and I I did appreciate too that like they did in the end give Lewis Black's character some humanity. Um, and I liked too that they kind of got to have like a re- a restorative conversation. Um, but yeah, again, I was watching that happen, and I was like, if you had woken me up at seven a.m. after this nightmare, like. Ooh, I would have been so mad. <laughs> I mean, because that's really that's really the thing. I think, like at the end of the day, this movie is really about how horrible it can be, like how horrible the sort of airline process yep. can be. And so, I think I just had a lot of residual sympathy for everybody in this movie because I'm like, oh man, that blows. Like this specific situation that you're in, stuck in this airport trying to get home or wherever for Christmas, like that whole thing just is awful. Yeah. And it, so I did do a little digging. Um, sorry. Excellent. I, I have two things I want to say. So first of all, yes. I did find out. So the reason I'm very glad that my instincts that this was supposed to be O'Hare were confirmed. Um, So this is apparently based on a real thing that happened on Christmas 1988 um, at O'Hare. And it it was based off of a This American Life segment, um, I think from 2001, that was reflecting on this incident. So this was a real life thing that happened at O'Hare. And also I'm glad it confirmed that like this happened pre-cell phone because I also couldn't help thinking about how 
you know, there was a lot. They went, the movie went out of its way to not, like, have to talk around the fact that nobody had cell phones, which for 2006. They had to specifically tell you why Spencer doesn't have a cell phone. Exactly. Like, they really had to go, like, 2006 was the latest they could have made this movie because it just, it would not make sense in even set, like, two years later. Um, Did Grace have a cell phone? Because I feel like she's the one where it really makes no sense if she didn't have one. Maybe we, I mean, we have reference to them exchanging numbers, I think. But I can't remember if we actually see her with a cell phone. I guess they do mention maybe that, like, service is out around there because the storm is so bad. Like, they can't call, the Spencer's parents can't call the airport because all the phone lines are down. So maybe that just means that, like... Yeah, maybe we're. Oh, and to- also, and also, Grace is the one whose parents don't care about her. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, God. Um, but yeah, I, uh, um, yeah. So I, I was glad that my instincts that this was a thing that happened to O'Hare were correct. Um, so I- when you say this was a thing that happened, do you mean like a group of rowdy teenagers? Yes. Ran amok in the airport. Or like a bunch of a bunch of children were stuck at O'Hare Airport on Christmas Eve, nineteen eighty-eight. And apparently the story is kind of about actually about divorce and how, you know, this was kind of a new modern phenomenon of like children of divorced families needing to travel by themselves uh-huh. over Christmas. So, spent um, more time. We find out that Charlie goes through the airport like once a week. I could have spent more time just needling that out. Like, what is happening with this poor child? Yeah. Also, who has that kind of money? Like, one. How would how is a sustainable custody arrangement? Like, how did any judge let that happen? And two, how is that sustainable? <laughs> like, yeah, it just sounded awful. Um, yeah, the other thing that felt, and this actually felt more of its time rather than, like I said, like we had to explain, we had to fit this 1980s story and kind of explain why these, why this 2006 technology wasn't there. But the whole hmm. storyline about their dad and biofuel. Yes. I <sighs> could have done without that. With... Didn't need it. Didn't want it. Nope. And I, I was like, really? Like, that's where we're trying to get our laughs? Like, ha ha ha, isn't it funny that uh, their dad wants to, like, try and help the environment and that just emasculates him because he can't get to his children because of his stupid hippie car. Cut it out like, without all of that. They could have just made it, like, he, he could just have been driving a regular car. Like, yeah. in like, inclement weather, any kind of car is going to have trouble there. Yeah, like, they did not need to go out of their way to be like, this is the fault of diesel, or biodiesel fuel. This is the future environmentalists want. Like, what? 
And they beat that drum pretty hard. Like, there were a lot of jokes about his stupid car. So hard. And, like, they have one kind of limp joke at the end about how much money he had to pay to fill up the Hummer that he ends up needing to borrow. That, presumably, I think, was trying to bring some type of balance there. But, like, it is so... Like, the jokes are so heavily tilted towards, like... Look at this stupid, you know. I really thought it was going to become a case where he, like, drove the Hummer and then was like, oh, no, I really like this. And I was glad that we didn't do that because I didn't need that either. Like, I don't need him to suddenly become, like, a Humvee guy. Same. But. Um, how did we feel? How did we feel in general about the parents in this movie? Yeah, I think. I mean, I got. I think two thousand six is the latest that you can set this movie because there is a certain amount of just now, like parents. You know, presumably, like there would be internet access, and even if phone lines are down, like people could find an internet connection or you know like so there's this weird kind of like just knowing that this type of communication breakdown would be less likely to happen now Um, i guess my question then becomes like even if that part changes what changes about the way that they exist in the airport because even if they could have spoken to their mom like what was she gonna do about it um, well, you know, I think, like, she could have maybe given them her credit card number, or she could have, like, tried to track down some way to wire them money, or, like, you know, could have let their dad know sooner that this was happening, and, like, it did seem like the mom, at least, was in, like, a 2006 reasonableness like, trying to check in and trying to respond when she got more information. Sure. I just don't I just don't know that better connection would have changed the fundamental issue of they are stuck in an airport, no one can help them, and the guy who's supposed to be taking care of them is kind of an asshole. Well, and I may be thinking, too, of, like, you know, nowadays, she could have Venmoed them some money. Or, yeah. like, you know, like, there are they, like not even just, like, there are just things now that she could have done. She could have, like, tried to Uber Eats them something. I don't know if that's something. Sure. Maybe, like, found, like them, found them a hotel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I buy that. Yeah, like, there are things now that could be done that couldn't have been done then. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Spencer and Catherine's parents, like, we at least see them try. Um, And, you know, we don't, we do hear that Grace's parents um, have, and I wasn't sure. Should have their children taken away from them? Well, it sounds like she's actually emancipated. Was what I understood. I was a little confused. No, so she was going back home to spend the holiday with a nanny. She has a line in there that being in the airport is better than hanging out with her nanny. 
So I think like her parents are on vacation and she was going home, but the person that would be there would not be her parents. It would be like a full-time caretaker. Yeah, no, I got the sense that they had like ditched her. I was unclear from what she said because I do think that she used the word emancipate. So I was unclear whether they had like actually legally like cut ties. I don't think, I was going to say, I don't think you can do that until you're 16. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but I mean, I mean, I think the like understanding stands that they are just like not involved in her life. Yeah. Um, so she she goes to boarding school. She's yeah, basically on her own. I was very happy that she went home with Spencer yeah. and his family for Christmas because I was like, yes, that's correct. There was there was some stuff in the end that I thought was really cute. I really liked Lewis Black as Santa Claus. I did. I thought that was nice. I okay. I'm being a little bit of a grump again, just because they did it at seven, and again, I just was so thoroughly like. Again, this is me. I think this is more just me being old <laughs> that like all of these teen <laughs> hijinks, rather than endearing them to me, just made me tired. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so by the end, I was like, oh, and you're going to try and do a nice thing, but you're going to do it while waking everyone up when they've had no sleep. Oh, my God. Uh, but but can no- you maybe just include some coffee? with this good deed <laughs> yeah exactly but no it was very sweet and i i am glad because i feel like there is a version of this movie where it ends with them you know at their dad's house in pennsylvania like coming you know walking into a christmas tree there or something so i do like that the end kind of had them all come together had them reconcile with lewis black um and, you know, kind of try to pass along some, you know, goodness to these fellow travelers who are, are stuck in this, you know, who are, who are stuck in this awful situation. And I did like that they specifically asked for travelers who were traveling alone. I thought that was very sweet. I'm glad they had that, hmm. like, singled out. So, again, I should probably be less hard on these teens. I know I'm being a little too hard on them. I just, I found the first part of this so exhausting that it, like, <laughs> utterly, like, zapped my empathy. <laughs> I'll well, put it that way. And truly, I, I really think it just comes around to the fact that this the humor in this movie is written for children that are contemporaries of these kids. So, like... If I had seen this movie at 10, I would have been much more into it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Because it's got a very strong, like, wish fulfillment vibe to it. Like, if I, if I have to be stuck in an airport, then I'm gonna, I mean, I am not going to, because the idea of breaking rules would have caused 10-year-old me to break out into hives. (laughs) Um... Um, speaking but, of yeah. wish fulfillment, I also feel like there I've had a little bit of a Bader Meinhof of like snow ends. Um, define, please. Oh, so a Bader Meinhof is when you have not heard of a phenomenon and then suddenly it crops up everywhere. Okay. Um, so I have heard of two other snow inns recently one in a pub in england 
where they got snowed in for like three days. And then one in an Ikea where like 30 people got snowed in overnight. I'm like, of all, like of all the three snow ins that I have just encountered hearing about, I'm like, oh, dang. And I would have loved to have been snowed in an Ikea, but getting snowed in an airport, that's the pits. I was gonna say all of that sounds like hell to me. I don't want to do any of that. I want to go <laughs> when it's snowing. I want to go home. I want to go. I want to go be at home in bed. Well, see, here's the thing about Nikea. You can sleep in a bed. Oh, gross! But do, you don't know who's been on those. Ugh. You you can take fresh sheets from. I'm sorry. I just thought it was so charming and it sounded actually it sounded like in both the Ikea instance and the pub instance like everyone really did bond uh, good I'm they, glad so like actually a little bit the plot of this movie but I was like oh dang of these three <laughs> I mean an airport is at least an airport is kind of built for that like there's there's stuff there like the the sleeping situation sucks um but there are like coffee shops and you know it's kind of it's kind of set up for in the event of delays like we can we can kind of take care of you yeah i've also never i've also never had to spend overnight in an airport so I I don't know firsthand how much that sucks. I have definitely I've had long layovers. I think not an overnight layover. And I am actually very fortunate. I am one of my mad skills is sleeping on planes. Um, Me too. So I think I've lucked out in that whenever I've had a a long layover, I can I can sleep pretty soundly once I'm in air in the air. But um I feel like I have tried to nap on those airport benches before, and it's been hard. Um, well, and actually, I was trying to think about because I definitely did an international trip by myself when I was sixteen, and I was trying to think about how much staff intervention I had, and I feel like the answer was like none. I feel like by the time you and I were teenagers, because Lizzie and I flew by ourselves like once when I was maybe 11 or 12. So she would have been eight or nine. Yeah. And at that point, like we had the flight attendant, we got the wings, we got all of that. But then by the next time, I feel like it was just like, okay, you got your boarding pass. Cool. Peace out. Like. Right, like, I'm trying to remember if anyone, like, checked up on me, and I I am sure my parents probably got me a direct flight so that it would be, you know, it wasn't like I was going to have to muck around with, like, a transfer. Um, eh, no, I'm saying that, but that actually might be a lie. I might have had to transfer planes. Anyway, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure, yeah, the most was someone at the gate being like, hey, teen, know where you're going? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Have fun. So, yeah, and I don't know if that was because you and I were teenagers or if because there has been sort of a dwindling level of um, supervision, I guess. Well, and this movie really makes you question whether 
airport staff should <laughs> have to be in charge of children childcare. I guess if I was a parent, I would want, and my child was flying by themselves, like I would want to make sure that the adults on the plane knew that. Yeah. Like that makes sense to me. Oh, it's yeah. like, maybe introduce yourself to my kids so that they know if they have a problem where they can go. Oh, yeah. I just, sorry, I just meant the like part off the plane. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, nowadays, too, I feel like I've seen, like, a lot more, like, kid-friendly spaces in airports. I feel like that mm. wasn't a thing then, but at least I know there is one in Milwaukee. Anyway, I digress. Um. Bummed that Grace had a card to get her into, like, the VIP lounge, and they wouldn't let her stay there. I was like, she's got the credentials. Just let her live. She's fine. Um. Yeah, because what was it? She like spooned caviar all over all of her food. That was disgusting. Yeah. I feel like that was also like a very mid-aughts thing of like, ah, oh, yes, look at this, like the essence of luxury. Caviar. I don't want it. Nope. Doesn't sound good. Uh, Any parting thoughts on unaccompanied minors? Uh, This is definitely lesser Paul Feig. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I will just go watch Spy now and say thank you, Paul Feig, for making that movie. Not so much Spy. Not so much this one. Martha, well, do you Mar- have any party thoughts? I truly don't. Um, yeah. What would you recommend our readers watch or enjoy uh, either after or instead of this movie? Uh, so funnily enough, while we watch this movie, I have been reading a romance novella collection that is all about being trapped in a place overnight. Yes. Um, so it is called It Happened One Night, and it's a collection <gasps> of four novellas by Stephanie Lawrence, Mary Bala, Mary Baloo, Mary Balog. I never know how to pronounce your name. Um, Jackie D'Alessandro and Candace Hearn. Um, I do believe they are all Regency novellas. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're all super fun. Um, basically, they're mostly at coaching inns. Um, but it's very cute about people being stuck places. Adorable. Yeah. Martha, what would you recommend? So, my recommendation is only peripherally related. Uh, I have been watching a Christmas movie every day since Thanksgiving to get me through to um, Christmas Eve. And so in the, in the spirit of holiday movies, <laughs> I would like to recommend... Hmm, which one should I... All right, sticking with the theme of children-related shenanigans. Um, 
there is a musical on Netflix. I didn't watch it this year. I watched it last year, so it disqualifies from my from my project for this year. Um, but it is called Jingle Jangle. It is an original musical. It is about uh, Keegan Michael Key plays a rival toy maker to um, Forrest Whitaker. No. So there's a lot of very inventive, like toy technology, and then Forrest Whitaker's granddaughter shows up and learns about his history and how he was betrayed by his apprentice, and then she's gonna go like save. She's gonna go get back his original plans for a toy invention that's gonna revitalize his um his shop and his job. Uh, it's fantastic it is like pure family fun but it's family fun in a way that is like legitimately for all ages like i get kind of bummed out when kid movies feel so i mean juvenile is not fair because they're for kids and they should be allowed to be for kids but also it's nice when you have a movie that's really a like a, a movie that's for the family that the whole family can enjoy um without like just tolerating this thing so that my kid has something to watch um but yeah it's an original musical the music is great the costumes are fantastic the scene the like the scene setting is awesome everyone does a really great job and yeah it's just it's super fun it was a super fun original christmas story movie so that's my recommendation <laughs> What are we watching next time, Marin? Oh, next time. Um, I am very excited that we are going to be watching the new Netflix original, A Castle for Christmas, um, which just premiered a week or two ago. Um, Stars Brooke Shields and Carrie Ellis, and I made a pterodactyl sound when I saw this announcement <laughs> on, uh, on, Netflix, or on Twitter. Yeah, so we are going to be very excited to uh, see this uh, new modern masterpiece. I'm so excited. Me too. Uh, so yeah, we will be back in a couple of weeks. Um, until then, if you are looking for more content, you should check out our sister show, Did You Do Your Homework?, which releases on the same feed on Opposing Weeks. Um, we try to get these episodes out on Wednesdays. Lately, life has been getting in the way, so they've been releasing uh, more regularly on Thursday or Friday. Uh, we apologize, but none of us get paid to make this. So, you know, we, we do the best we can. Um, you can follow us on social media on all the places at DYDYH Podcast. Uh, you can follow me personally on social media. I have not yet locked down my social media accounts because I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, you can find me at Magical Martha. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and I also write a newsletter when I feel like it, which you can find at tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha. Marin, where can people find you? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter um, on A underscore star underscore dance, um, where I pretty much just tweet about romance novels these days. So if that's interesting to you at all, feel free to give me a follow. Fantastic. I've been trying to balance my desire to tweet about the problems in the library world with the knowledge that I have at jobs before gotten a wrist slap for stuff that I've tweeted about 
professional stuff. So you may see a spicy library world retweet from me, but I don't ultimately want to lock down my accounts. So I do kind of have to tweet with the knowledge that if my boss wanted to, she could find my Twitter and read the, read everything that I've tweeted. Um, I think that that is everything on our end. And I'm sure that if I'm forgetting anything that Pete will insert it in post. Um, we will see you all in a couple of weeks. I hope you enjoy the movie. And until we meet again, just remember that we love you. We actually got more blood. We got more blood from that stone than I was afraid we were going to. Well, I think it was a nice, uh, we both disliked it for different aspects of it. Yes. Um, I was I was a little bit like oh no oh no we're not gonna have anything to talk about yeah this movie sucked turns out when we both fundamentally agree that something sucks but we think we we have found because I nothing really that you said I disagreed with it just for me other things stood out before if that makes sense same like I (laughs) these the kids sucked and I I won't disagree with that i just and Louis i just Black always sucked and i won't disagree with that like yes. they were just all terrible yeah